Hey there, and welcome to our sermon series recap podcast. It's, it's been a little bit since we've done one of these, but this is just simply an opportunity where we get to dive a little bit deeper into our Sunday sermon. And so this past week, our pastor, Gary Singleton, kicked off a new series called In to the Harvest. And, and, and really the entire series is going to follow Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38. And this week, my key takeaways, and Gary, you can tell me if this is mm-hmm. what the desired key takeaways were, but really for, for us to become passionate about the harvest mm-hmm. is we need to embrace our identity. Mm-hmm. And the second part was was we, we seek and we reap the benefits of the harvest. Is that close yeah. enough? But close enough. Um, you know, <laughs> identity drives passion. Yeah. And, and however we see ourselves is going to drive what we're passionate about. And until we really embrace the fact that we're a disciple of Jesus Christ and all the things that that entails being a disciple of Christ, till we embrace that, we're not going to be excited about doing the things that Jesus calls us to do. Until we understand who we are in Jesus, we don't get excited about doing what he tells us to do. And and then even when we understand who we are, if we don't see the benefit of it, if we're just biding our time until eternity, if we're just hanging on and trying to survive until eternity gets here, uh, even if we do that for ourselves, we're not going to be too excited about trying to help someone else to become a follower of Jesus. We're not going to be too excited about going into the harvest, and so to speak, as we talked about Sunday, harvesting someone else so that they can be miserable, so they can be sad, discouraged, disappointed, whatever. And so we have to see who we are, and then we have to experience the benefit of being who we are in Jesus before we'll ever really get too excited about going into the harvest. And that was so that was my personal biggest takeaway and even conviction is I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but but I had just never really taken the thread from our identity and followed that along to the command to go into the harvest. And, and so that intertwining of identity and evangelism was by far what I walked home with uh, the most. And, and so that leads me to my first question is sure. How or what can we do to daily remind ourselves of our identity as a disciple? You know, um, I think it's a great question. I won't try to evaluate all your questions and give you a grade on each question, but I do think that's a great question. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I do think that we have a certain disadvantage in the 21st century that somebody in the first century who was a disciple of a rabbi didn't have. And if you were a disciple of a rabbi, the, the rabbi was an itinerant teacher moving from town to town and literally making disciples everywhere that rabbi went. And if you were one of his disciples, you were following him from town to town. You didn't wake up in your own bed, didn't wake up headed to a job. You woke up wherever the rabbi was, that's where you were. And whatever he ate for breakfast is what you right. ate for breakfast. And and so when you woke up and you realized, I'm not home, 
and I'm in Timbuktu. What am I doing here? You knew immediately, oh, I'm here because I'm a disciple of this rabbi. I'm learning what he knows, and then I'm imitating him. I'm following in his footsteps so that hopefully I can become a rabbi. And so there was just this awareness daily of identity. I'm a disciple. And so, you know, if we're thinking about how can we remind ourselves of our identity, it's just, honestly, it really is. It boils down to just stopping in the morning and just, you know, just taking a step back from the tyranny of the urgent. And, okay, I've got to get up. I got to get dressed. I got to get to work. I got the kids ready. I got to get the kids fed. I got to get the kids to school. I mean, the tyranny of the urgent and just stopping to say, okay, who am I? I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, and this day I am going to be about the kingdom with my kids at work and uh, in, in, in every, uh, every other arena of life. So, yeah. yeah. I, I can almost picture for me it would be helpful to have what you just said, waking up in the morning and remembering my identity as a disciple of Christ being on a note card and yeah. reading that yeah. Yeah. before yeah. I touch my phone, before I even... Yeah. Go get my kids out of the bed. We have monitors. We know they're safe. It's okay. <laughs> and settling into that primary identity, which comes before all the things you said, comes yeah. before for me being a young adult pastor, before being a father, before being a husband. Yeah. That identity and starting with that. Um, yeah. what, what would you say, too? I'm, I'm going to go just slightly off script because yeah. I think discipleship and evangelism are so woven together. Yeah. We are at a disadvantage yes. because we don't have the traditional set up of traveling around with a rabbi, right? but we do have an opportunity if we haven't been discipled to sort of imitate someone as they imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know if there's a question in this, but, yeah. but to me, when you're saying that, if you're not being discipled and if someone's not mm-hmm. teaching you how to follow Jesus, how can you remember your identity? And, and yeah. if you don't remember your identity per your sermon, then how can you go into the harvest? And so in a lot of ways, right. it starts with discipleship, right? Yeah, it, it really does. And, and let me try to answer or respond to what you're saying like this, and it may not be what you're getting at, so feel free to come back. But but one of the things that I hope everyone takes away from this sermon series is just this understanding of I have a mission, and, and we call it the Great Commission, mm-hmm. right? The Great Commission. And, and it's a co-mission, but I have a mission. And the mission that God has given me is to make a disciple. And when you hear that, what I'm hoping everyone will hear is evangelism. Make a disciple. We become a disciple at a point in time. And what if every one of us just owned, uh, God has given me a mission, and that mission is to go today and engage with those who are far from Jesus and to, to help point them to Jesus. I may plant a seed. I may water the seed. I may be a part of harvesting the seed, uh, but but I am on mission today, and part of my mission is to make a disciple. Uh, but then my mission is also then to baptize anyone who becomes a disciple, and I don't get to outsource that to the pastor. And and I, I pray that everyone that, that, that calls the Heights home would just at some point uh, just really recognize, I have to own this the mission that God has given me. It's a co-mission, so he's given it to every follower of Jesus, but I can't, everybody's business is nobody's business. So so I've got to own this. 
God's called me to make a disciple. God's called me to baptize that disciple. And then God's called me to teach that disciple how to obey everything that God's called them to do. And, And classically, we call making disciples evangelism and then teaching them how to obey, we call that discipleship. And, and so we can say which came first, the chicken or the egg, right. whatever. But but we're not going to go make a disciple until we've been discipled, until we've been taught. And the way I like to say it is just because somebody becomes a follower of Jesus doesn't mean they know how to follow yeah. Jesus. Just because somebody is born a human being doesn't, know they, doesn't mean they automatically know how to function as a human being. That's the reason we have monitors and we make sure that <laughs> right. they make it through the night. That's the reason we teach them how to eat and feed and walk. And it, I mean, somebody has to teach a human being how to function as a human being. And so this mission, own it. If I own it, I own making disciples, I own baptizing, and I own teaching them. And yes, I do believe until we're taught how to follow Jesus, we'll never even dream of going into the harvest and making a disciple. That's great. Did that That, answer? I hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good. good. So making a disciple, going into the harvest, and engaging, as you said, with those who are far from Jesus. I think one of the hesitancies or challenges that I often run into and, and hear of other people is this this real practical idea of, okay, I want to go, I'm going to do it, but but how do I even begin to transition a conversation, a relationship from sort of casual, mundane work minutia towards a gospel conversation? So question is, how do we, how do you move a, a conversation, a relationship towards the gospel? Yeah, I... Um... I, I, I want to say prayer, and I'm going to come back to prayer. Uh, but then just a helpful tool that, that I kind of just have in the back of my mind is, in, and I read it in Craig Etheridge's material, discipleship material, so none of this is original with me, but I think it's brilliant. In, in, in any relationship, you kind of begin with the casual conversation. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you doing? How's your day? You know, and, and it's just casual. And so if I'm going to try to move a conversation towards a gospel conversation, I'm, I don't want to rush it. And so start where really the, the natural starting point is, and it's just a casual conversation. Now, as that relationship progresses, uh, ideally, you can move from a casual conversation to a personal conversation, and we can get there fairly quickly. Um, What's your name? Where do you work? Are you married? Do you have kids? Um, Where'd you go to school? And so that's just kind of personal. And and so we've gone from casual, hey, did you catch that game? Hey, it's nice weather outside. Oh, it's finally warmer. It's sunny today. To, To personal, oh, tell me about you. And then you move from personal to meaningful. And meaningful is not just the personal, oh, where do you work? It's meaningful is, oh, man, looks like you had a bad day. Is there something going on at work? Uh, uh, Gosh, you said that your kids are sick. What's going on there? And uh, and so then just meaningful is is really just a deeper level than, than casual. And then ideally, at some point, you can move a conversation from meaningful to a spiritual. And don't hear gospel there. Okay. Just a spiritual conversation might be, 
whatever it is that they're struggling with that we addressed in the meaningful kind of conversation, we can, we can begin to say things like our own testimony. Man, I've, I've struggled with that too, disappointment, discouragement, depression. One of the things that I, I've really tried to do is just lean on the Lord, come to the Lord, pray, or we can just tell them what we've done. Or we can ask them, and it's a spiritual conversation, to say, so where are you getting help? How do you, what, you're mm. discouraged, you're, you're ill, you've got a loved one who is sick in the hospital, that must be very concerning. Where do you go to find help with that? That's a spiritual conversation. Okay. And then ideally, you can move from spiritual to the gospel, and that is a more clear declaration of who Jesus is, the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus is the king, and he died and was buried and rose again, and we repent, believe, and follow. And, and I said I mentioned prayer, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sorry for the long response. No, no, that's... But, but I do believe prayer, I love what Ryan Kwan said, and, and we've all heard it before, we know it's true. Prayer is not something you do before the work, prayer is the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I do believe that it, it, it takes prayer to, to move the conversation from a casual to maybe more personal or personal to meaningful. You may be praying for someone for weeks, maybe even months before, and, and I, I share with them what you were talking about with Bob, and you may be praying a Bob prayer, and you'll explain that, for months to get a conversation from meaningful to personal, or I mean, from personal rather to meaningful, or meaningful, uh, maybe even to a spiritual. And so, but prayer is, is the yeah. other one. You yeah, a, a Bob is is a silly little acronym for you pray for burden, right? That, that you would have a burden for loss. And I really like passion more. I, I kind of oh, yeah. want to turn my Bob into a pob. pob. That sounds a little weird. There you go. Yeah. Um, but but burden, passion for yeah. the harvest, yeah. and then you pray for an opportunity. And then once yeah. that opportunity presents itself, you pray with the boldness to step forward yeah. in faith. You pray that God will give you boldness. Yeah, exactly. And and Paul even told us to pray for that. Yeah. Pray that, that I'll have boldness yeah. to speak. In, yeah. In your experience, yep. Well, how long does it typically take to sort of progress to these four levels of conversation? And I'm assuming that that can vary. Sometimes it's happening in 30 oh, minutes. Yeah. Sometimes it takes years. Yeah, 100%. It depends on whether you're talking about your 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 neighbor or a friend or a coworker and there's an ongoing relationship and an ongoing opportunity. Um, Kim and I are are I mean our one. It's a it's a husband and wife and mm-hmm. her one is the wife and my one is the husband and and we just found out uh, this happened about a week ago that uh, the wife had been in the hospital. So Kim went by Sam's and picked up a big old pot pie and made a salad and and we both went over there and gave it to them because we're just trying to get the yeah. conversation with them uh, to move the conversation from personal we know personal information to meaningful and this was an ideal opportunity hospital are you okay what's going on and even though we were pretty well shut down, food received, conversation rejected, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. We're just praying that God will open the door to a meaningful conversation, and we hadn't even gotten to spiritual. Now, having said that, that's that's taking place over months and, sure. and honestly over a year now. 
right? And 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 God, I believe, opened this door for us to take yeah. a pot pie. I genuinely believe that because we're praying, God, open the door, open the door, and and God did that. Now, there's also an elevator speech that you can give, sure. which is just uh, real quick, and you can you can go from yeah. zero to sixty and and five seconds, you know, and 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 that's just where you don't have an opportunity to to continue the relationship on an airplane. Uh, I I do a lot of Uber, and when I Uber, we always, Kim yeah. and I will always try to engage the conversation. Uh, tell me about your church background. Tell me about spiritually, where are you, that kind of thing. And I'm just diving in because it's a, a one-shot opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. I love so. that. And I think sometimes I I have a hard time understanding the the pace and the rate at which God moves at. And frankly, that's not mine to understand. I think sometimes God yeah. will take us from a casual conversation immediately to a gospel conversation in an yeah. Uber ride. Yeah. Or like you said, with your friends, it takes years. Um, yeah. But our job is not to set the timeline to be obedient. And yeah. so, yeah. well, thank you so much, Gary. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate Next week, uh, David is going to continue our Into the Harvest series. And so we hope that you join us on Sunday at 9.30 or 11. And then also next week as we're back with a Sermon Recap, recap Podcast. We'll see you later. <laughs>